as they're standing there poised and ready to go. Yes. Levi's going to cost me too much money. You keep saying 412. Man, got to pay these guys. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, so if you need a handout, grab one. The ushers are coming this way. Told you guys this morning what I think we're going to walk through. This is what we're going to try to do. I guess I have a couple of uh, caveats, a couple of things we need to say before we start this conversation. And the, uh, I guess the first thing we need to say before we start this conversation uh, is we'll be in Psalm 81, too. It's on your handout, but we'll all be in Psalm 81. But as we start this conversation, one of the first things we have to do is say, as we walk through this topic, there's, I think, three things that we're going to have to do. And the first is I want you to go ahead and not think about anybody who's not here, okay? So sometimes in church we have a tendency to, like, apply things and wish, spend our whole service wishing for someone who's not here to be able to hear what we're saying, okay? So if they're not here... That's between them and God, not between us. So let's just focus here on the people who are here. And then let's not focus on, secondly, let's not focus on someone who is here, okay? So if someone, you hear somebody who is here and you think, oh man, if I could throw a nudge across the auditorium, I would just like throw that across there. Let's not worry about somebody who is here. Let's just focus on ourselves. And then I'll have the third conversation um, that we need to have. And the third one is that... Some of you in here, like you see a cell phone on the cover of a handout and you're like, this doesn't apply to me. Like, you know what? I don't have a phone. Don't want a phone. I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on the Twitter. I'm not on all those things. And I don't want to be. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm glad for you. But most of us in this world are. And so we're going to try to walk through this. And if, uh, cause sometimes I do think we, um, we wear it as a badge, and I'm not making fun of anybody who doesn't. If you choose not to be on social media, praise the Lord for that. If you choose to be on, hallelujah for that. But, Sometimes we have this feeling like almost like we're going to get a crown in heaven because we weren't. It's like, I'm not on the Facebook. So one day when I stand before God, God's going to like open the shelf of the social media crowns. And it's like, he's going to pull off all those people who didn't. I never posted online. Come to the front. Like, it's not, it's not going to happen. Like, really, if you do, if you don't, it doesn't really matter. Uh, so I don't want us to think through and say, well, you know, that doesn't apply to me. Because to be honest, most of you probably have a grandchild. Most of you have people in your family who are doing these things. And according to Timothy and Titus, it is the job of the older people in the church to teach the younger people in the church how they ought to live a life. And so if we read through the word of God, it would be of utmost importance, no matter what our age is, to be able to say, hey, I want to be able to help those coming after me to be able to guide and navigate water. So we want to have that three conversation because there's going to be the person who's like, oh, I wish my grandson was here. He has up phones and distractions all the time. He's not, okay? Or maybe they are and praise the Lord for it. And maybe they are here. Don't focus on the whole thing of wishing they were here. And then let's just agree that one of the reasons we gather and assemble as a body, as a church, is because we need to be helped as a body, as a church. And so we're just walk through this. So as we hit Psalm 81... We'll walk through, I'm going to flip through in my Bible, Psalm 81. I have a question I'm supposed to answer about this topic tonight, and so I'm going to try to get to it. Um, and so we'll get through it. Uh, I think, I don't know if it's going to be in my handout, but if it does, we'll just plug it in. But if not, I'll answer it at the end. So I have a question I'm supposed to answer, and I think it's going to be an interesting conversation. So I think uh, it's not a biblical, necessarily a Bible answer conversation, but I think it's going to be fun when I was told to answer it. So now I've got you guys like, what in the world are we talking about? But we'll get there. So in Psalm 81 is where we're going to go. I'm going to start verse 8 through 16, okay? And we're going to walk through this. Psalm 81, 8 through 16. Hear, O my people, and I will testify to thee, O Israel, if thou wilt hearken unto me. 
There shall no strange God be in thee, neither shalt thou worship any strange God. I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. But my people would not hearken to my voice, and Israel would not of me. So I gave them up unto their own heart's lust, and they walked in their own counsels. Oh, that my people had hearkened unto me, and Israel had walked in my ways. I should have soon have subdued their enemies and turned my hand against their adversaries. The haters of the Lord should have submitted themselves unto him, but their time, but their time should have endured forever. He should have fed, he should have fed them also with the finest of the wheat and with honey out of the rock, should I have satisfied thee. In Psalm 81, we, we find this, phrase, um, a couple of phrases, hearken and listen over and over and over again. And it's God's talking to Israel. And he says, Israel, I had so much to offer you. I had so many things that I wanted to do for you, but you wouldn't listen. You wouldn't hearken. You were zoned out. And he said, God says, oh man, I had so many things that I wanted to accomplish for you. I had so many things that I I had, I wanted to take, your, take you away from your adversaries, but you wouldn't listen to me. But you did listen to your own lusts. You focus on the gods around you. And I just want to let you know, God's not coming down with like a stick and like beating them. He's just saying, I had so much for you, but you missed it. You were distracted by everything around you. And so as we walk through this topic, I guess we can almost like think it through some key moments in the Bible. Key moments in the Bible seem to like when people really meet with God always seem to happen in silence and in quiet moments. So when you think about Enoch walking with God in Genesis, where it talks about Enoch walk with God, can you imagine if Enoch lived today and Enoch's like, God's like, Enoch, I want to walk with you. Well, God, I can't do that time. Sean Hannity's on. You know, I got to catch that first. Or I can't watch it. The news is at six o'clock, Lord. <laughs> got to make sure I've got the news. I can't walk... Imagine all the moments as you think about um, Moses going to the top of the mountain to see God face to face. And as Moses goes to see God face to face, Moses is God's like, Moses, I'm going to reveal myself to you. Sorry, Lord. You know those children of Israel. I have to take this. This is very important. Hello? No, no, no. Can you take care of that? And he misses what God has for him. Imagine Samuel laying in bed when God says, Samuel, and he runs and talks to Eli. But imagine if Samuel's laying in bed, notification, notification from the Lord, oh man, I've got to get a higher score. I've got to update my Snapchat story. I've got, and missing what God has because of distraction. And we all have, trust me, we can call it a teen thing, we can call it a kid thing. It's not, it's everybody. Like, and we can all justify what we do. Well, like Moses on the mount. Well, you know, I'm a leader. And if I don't answer this phone call, people will probably die. And there, some of you may have jobs like that, okay? In youth ministry, most of the time, that's not mine, my job, okay? I may die if I don't answer a parent's phone call. But other than that, like, everybody's pretty good. But, but when we do it, we, we can all, like, well, bzz, bzz, I've got to answer this at the table. And I pray the Lord. I say this, what's going on? But I pray the Lord. My wife holds me accountable for this, like for to, to take my phone away from the table. And I pray the Lord for it. At first, I would say it was like, she'd have to look at me and I'd be like, I don't really have it. But now it's come to a thing like, I don't even think about it anymore. And I praise the Lord because we can all, we can all say the distractions that we have are important or it's just this one time. 
But this is what I want us to stress tonight. We're missing out on what really matters. The quiet moments that God would want to speak to us. The things that God would like to show us. Sometimes we miss because, and, and it's not just phones. Sometimes we'll miss the blessing because of the glow of our television. Sometimes we'll miss a blessing because we want to read the newspaper in the morning. So it doesn't matter. It's like we can go ahead and say what, whatever the media device in there. But I would say we're missing. And this is what God was telling Israel. Israel, I had so much for you. But you wouldn't hearken. You would not listen. And because you didn't, you left so much on the table. So let's walk through this real quick. You got your hand out? Let's walk through Well, you know what? <laughs> Hold. Let's pray. Then let's move that hand out and ask God to bless this time. So let's pray. Lord, we love you. Lord, I thank you so much for your word. And God, again, as we talked about this morning, your truth endures to every generation. And God, we thank you for that. Lord, nothing that we talk about tonight has taken you by surprise. Lord, there's been distractions in every generation. And Lord, your word has helped navigate through all those. So God, as we walk through, God, I pray that you'd guard my mouth, guard my tongue. Lord, guard my heart. Just only say what would be from your word. And then, God, I pray that you'd help us to open our hearts to receive your word by the power of your Holy Spirit. We need your help as we walk through this. In Jesus' name we pray it. Amen. All right, so here's we go. So I've got on there just a definition of media because I know that we're all going to have our different thoughts and whatever. So I figured if we have a definition there, we all have on the same page. So media, the means of communication as radio and television, newspapers, magazines, and the Internet that reach or influence people widely. Now, I'm going to tell you, I think some of you guys would know I would have a bias toward the technology side. So I would probably have a strong bias that way. Other people may have a strong bias this way. I can say in social media in my life, God has used it. Uh, Michael, my visitor who was here for the, um, the Holy Spirit uh, conference on the Holy Spirit, uh, he came because he met, we met on Instagram. And so he, uh, I post my verse or whatever for the day, and he, he uh, sent me a message. And he's like, hey, we started talking. We message every now and then. And he comes to church when he has opportunity. So for me, it works. For other people, like I'm going to say, if you complain all the time, you're probably not going to draw anybody to Jesus if all you're doing is putting the complaints online. But I'm saying for me, it works. But I will say that for the most part, when we start talking about technology, none of us are usually opposed to technology. And just my observation, we're opposed to technologies that we don't understand or doesn't apply to us. Because I'm just saying, I have not yet met the grandma yet who wanted to talk to her grandkids and would not learn how to use whatever device it would to show the picture on the screen. Like, it's like, oh, I don't need an iPad. My mom, and if she was here, I'd, I'd say this right if she was sitting here. My mom, I don't need no iPad. I don't need an iPad. I don't need that stuff. Well, Mom, we got FaceTime. Okay, well, I think I can learn how to use it. Um, you just show me how to get that thing up. Like, it's all about, like, we're all, and I, we're telling the teenagers, like, I have not yet seen the person who's complaining about air conditioning. Like, oh, technological advances. I just wish it was 100 degrees in this house. And we, now we may act like it because we're too cheap to turn it on, but most of us aren't, so none of us are still like, man, I miss the old days. Well, not, I wasn't here, though, but I still, I wish I could get out and crank up my Model T. <clears throat> and jump in there and ride down the road at 20 miles an hour. I don't think any of us miss those things. We all like technological advances. And as things move, they do bring their pros and cons. Like there's, there's things that are great and there's things that are not. Just like I said, like there's people who are like, you know what, I don't do those kind of things, I don't. And that is absolutely fine. Uh, to me, it's like bragging that you ride a bike to work when you have a car in the garage. It's like, okay, I'll just drive by my car and say, toot toot, <laughs> as you ride your bike because you don't. So as we look at this, I just want us to know that I do lean this way, but I do believe there are, there are struggles. There are real dangers in our technology. So I want to be honest on both sides. So as we walk through this handout, so my question is, can media be an idol? Can media be an idol? So 
I love this definition of an idol, and I think it fits. We use it a lot in youth group. When anything in life is an absolute requirement for your happiness and self-worth, it is essentially an idol, something you are actually worshiping. So what is in our lives is an absolute requirement. Now, before I can even preach this, I can say that uh, the Lord had made me go through a point without my phone because when we were on vacation, my phone died because I took it down a water slide. I don't recommend that. And so as it was in my pocket down the water slide, it came off and it no longer worked. So I got to go a week without my phone. And uh, you can ask my wife. I think I did okay. I never had any convulsions, like nothing like I wasn't foaming or anything like that. Uh, I think we had a great time. But uh, so I can say that I have been a week without it and I was pretty good. Like, I didn't even really miss it. Um, I'm going to say, by praise the Lord, by grace of God, most of the places that we were didn't have cell phone signal anyway, so it <laughs> really wouldn't have mattered either way. But as we look at it, can media be an idol? What in my life is an absolute requirement for your happiness and self-worth? So, here's our blank. Media, media can become an idol, but media is most likely a tool for our idols to communicate with us. Media can give our idols a voice. It becomes a time-consuming because there are voices we like to hear. So media can become an idol, but media is most likely a tool for our idols to communicate with us. Media can give our idols a voice. It becomes consuming because there are voices we like to hear. So here's, here's what I want to present to you tonight. My belief would be that this, whether my iPad or whatever, is not necessarily an idol. I believe it could be. I guess you could put it in that category. But for most of us, I believe this is the way our idols speak to us. So if I like sports, it speaks to my language. My idol is able to speak to me pretty clearly. It can buzz me at any time and give me notifications all the way down the screen. If my idol is my calendar, I love being busy. Man, I've got to have everything structured. God, we don't have time for that. God, you get on the calendar for Tuesday. It can come through this. And it allows my idol to work in me. If my idol is, I mean, we can go down the list. If my idol can speak, has voices, it'll speak to me all the time through my devices. It'll speak to me all the time through my television. See, as we look, the Bible talks about um, the idols back in the Bible times that had eyes, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. This is the idol that they would come and worship. And they'd come down to these idols that did nothing. they leave the meat and they do all these things. And these idols never spoke back. The thing that we have going on in our day is our idols can speak to us. And they can pretty much tell us anything. We're, me and Pastor Ferguson were talking about this before. When I was growing up, like, I, I love Michael Jordan. Like any person who really loved basketball. Like, forget about all these new guys. Michael Jordan was the man. And I read everything about Michael Jordan that was at the library. Hated reading, but I loved reading about Michael Jordan. But today, like, I can tell you, I never knew what Michael Jordan did in his mansion by himself. Like, I didn't know. But today, every teenager in our youth group can pretty much find out what LeBron James does on his Saturday, what he's walking around doing uh, when he's like at the mall where, where he shops, what he does. Like, it's all over the place. And it's easy for our idols to speak to us. The same thing happens with uh, the news. Like, for those of us who have to watch the news and like have to know what's going on, the same thing happens. You know, there's a lot of things that happen in the news that don't affect us, but they still affect us. It's like all these things that like, have really nothing to do with us. But they can change our day. Did you hear about such and such? Do you know about this? Whereas before, like a couple years ago, we wouldn't have known and we wouldn't have cared. Oh, man, a butterfly fell in China. Oh, man, I can't believe it. 
they're going to have to reform everything over there. It's like, who cares? And so our idols have a voice to be able to speak to us properly. And as we look, I mean, not properly, improperly, they have a, a thing to exactly hear. And we can actually nowadays tune in our idols to hear only their frequency. It's like, I don't care about that. So I don't listen to it. But now I can hone it in. Man, used to be you watch the news. Now it's like, well, I don't watch CNN, MSNBC or any of those. I've got my tuned right into where I want to hear what I want to do. Man, I'm not a such and such, but I do like my Facebook. And I have block you, block you, block you. Don't stop. Don't block you, block you, block you. Like I hone it to speak just what I want to speak to me. And here's the problem. And all these distractions and honing in my idol then, this is what God tells Israel. I want to talk to you. I want you to hear me. But I've got so many things making noises, so many things to listen to, so many things to engage me, and things that really may at times not matter, that I miss it. And we keep going through this. God's challenge to listen to his voice. God's challenge to listen to his voice. Now, I just read this passage. But you see, I put some, uh, I put some words there uh, in bold print. And I'm just going to flip over your handout or look on the other side. And I want to go through really quickly because there's three words that I want us to grab out of this. The one hearken. So in verse number, uh, uh, what is it, 9, 10, but my people would not hearken to my voice. The word hearken there means to listen with eagerness or curiosity. To listen to eagerness or, with eagerness or curiosity. So he says, my people aren't, won't hearken to me. They're not listening to me with eagerness. He goes on. He says, they've listened to their own counsel. So the word counsel just means advice, opinion. I don't think that's anything new there. Advice, opinion. And I gave them to their own lusts, their evil propensities, depraved affections, and desires. So as we look at this, the evil propensities, the depraved affections, and desires. So this is what Jesus said. I mean, God says in Psalms. My people would not hearken to me. They do not listen to me with eagerness. Now, have you ever noticed this? Um, whether it be phone, we can use it all kinds. But when, when someone's phone buzzes, and maybe you guys know these people, they're, they're like, you're in a conversation with them. And I try not to do this. If I do, I want you to call me out, okay? But when you, like, you're in a conversation with them and all of a sudden like, you don't even hear it, you don't see them buzzing and all they're just like, hello? And you're like, Oh, I thought we were just talking. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> and then they go through. This is what, like, oftentimes, the things that can make noise and ping, we hearken to them. We listen to them eagerly. It's like, it doesn't even have to make any noise. It's like a little, I know where it's at. Hello? Or <laughs> click, click. Yep, got it, got it, got it. God says, my people never listen to me like that. <laughs> they never listen eagerly to find out what I was going to say. We joke with my mom because my mom is a focused person. So when my mom, my mom enjoys like old shows like Murder, She Wrote and Columbo. And so like if my mom is watching an episode of Columbo, you could pretty much do whatever in the house you wanted to do. And my mom would never, ever meet contact off to the screen. I mean, we used to joke about it all the time. She would joke about it too. But I'm like, if she was watching Murder, She Wrote and Angel Lansbury was doing whatever she did, like, I mean, you could literally move the house off the foundation, move it to a different place, plop it down, and my mom would have never, ever missed a beat. God's saying, this is what I want. I want you to listen to me with that kind of eagerness. 
It's six o'clock. Get to the news. And then Jeopardy and Will of Fortune. We got to get these things nailed down. But God's saying, oh, that my people would have hearkened unto me. If they would just stopped and listened. If my word was that important to them. I had so much I wanted to do. And he goes on, he says this. He goes on, he talks about, they went, and they followed their own counsel. This is the one of the things that we have now with lots of information. Movies, television, our phones. Oftentimes, we spend so, we spend so much time listening to them that we end up walking in our own counsel. And we walk in the counsel of what's on the screen. None of us ever say we're matching our homes up to what a television family would look like. But sometimes, inadvertently, they do begin to look like that. And God's saying, I want you to hearken. I want you to listen to me. And he says, you know what? I have counsel for you. The news today may be whatever. But God's truth still endures to every generation. So I need not be afraid. See, all the things, uh, if our... If our God is our friends, sometimes as teenagers, young people, young adults, it is easy for us to walk in our own counsel because instead of finding counsel in God's word, we find counsel in the, the other person on the end of one of these. And we miss what God's trying to say. And God's saying, hey, I wish you would hearken to me. I wish you would listen so eagerly to me. I have counsel for you. I want you to hear it. I want you to receive it. And he goes on and he says that, um, but I gave them up to their own lust, their own depraved affections and desires. And God says, I had so much for you, but I gave you over to what you wanted. You didn't want to listen? Don't listen. You want to go that way? Go that way. But then God says, I, I had so much more for you, though. I wanted you to have so much more than what you had. Man. And so he goes on. So let's fill in some blanks. God called Israel to listen to his voice and his wisdom, but they were influenced by the false gods around them. So God called Israel to listen to his voice and his wisdom, but they were influenced by the false gods around them. I'm going to keep going. God let Israel pursue their own opinions and sinful desires, and they thought they were experiencing satisfaction. It is amazing how the children of Israel, think they have it all. I think C.S. Lewis says that uh, it's like the boy playing in the mud and desiring to play in the mud versus going off on a holiday on a ship. And he's happy playing in the mud and not, does not know how grand it would be to sail across the oceans. And this is us. Is that not us sometimes with our distractions? God says, I have so much for you. But you know what? There's a couple of Netflix shows that I got to binge. <laughs> you missed it. And God says, I, I, I have so much for you. It's amazing. When our God is to be pleased others, our God is to be the hero. And I say this because uh, as uh, a youth pastor, as sometimes we can put it when we're in leadership, it's like our phone buzzes and it's like, I can solve this in five minutes. Hold on, hon. Hold on, kids. I can solve this in five seconds. 30 minutes later. I'm still solving the problem because I'm God says, I want you to I want to satisfy you. But see, I'm chasing my own satisfaction. I got to be a hero. So I got to answer the phone. I, I got to know about the game. So I don't want to be the guy at work that's like, did you hear what happened? No, uh, no, no. 
or have to pretend. And so all of a sudden God says, you're so satisfied. You're so happy in things that really don't matter for anything. But you think, wow, we've got it good. Man, God, God, we know you're talking over there. But Lord, you don't know what's going on over here. God says, I really, really, really had things for you. And so we keep going. So let's just jump into it really quickly. How can we manage our media? So these are um, just three simple, practical things. But sometimes I find in my own life that um, sometimes people just have to say practical things because I'm a slow person, and then it always clicks. Like, uh, I can go through, oh, did I miss some blanks? Yes, there we go. God concludes Psalm 81 by letting Israel know that the incredible plans that he had for them. And they missed out because they listened to the wrong voice. God concludes Psalm 81 by letting Israel know the incredible plans that he had for them. And they missed out because they listened to the wrong voice. Thank you, guys. Everybody who, like, flagged me down. (laughs) How can we manage our media? So let's do it really quickly. Three things really quickly that are practical things. Number one, we have to learn to protect yourself from dangerous voices. Protect yourself from dangerous voices. 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says, Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Proverbs 4, 23, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. In every aspect of it, I think it's been every single technology that's ever come out. I remember, what was it? I was reading the, uh, I think I've told you guys this before, maybe I didn't, but if you read um, David McCullough's book on the Wright Brothers, he has this whole section about how people were upset because the bicycle came out. And that because the bicycle was going to ruin young people in America. And now it's like, if you could get a young person on a bike, we'd be doing good. And it's like, they're going to ruin the bike. Because they said, man, when kids get those bikes, they'll be able to hop on that bike and ride off to who knows where. And they have all these, and he has in his book little articles and stuff about how scary the bicycle was. And then it's like, well, when the radio comes, man, the radio is going to mess up our young people. Or the television is. And all of them do have the potential. The bicycle, maybe not. But all the rest of them do have the potential to mess people up. You know what? We have to protect ourselves, our children, our families from harmful voices. We have to be vigilant because there are a lot of things. Hey, as much as I would be pro-technology, I have to admit there are things in a technological advancement that I never want my kids to see, experience, or ever do. As a grown man... Okay, there are things on the Internet that I should never, ever see or do. Protect ourselves from the dangerous voices. And not only sometimes our minds go straight to uh, like pornography and those things. And those things are true. Okay, we need to protect ourselves, protect our families, protect our kids from all those things. But even like. You notice that there are times where. And I'm careful here, so know this is in love, that you can watch something on Facebook go that's not really biblically true. It's like someone like posts a statement that's not true to the Bible. It's just the way they feel right then. And now sometimes we can jump on the bandwagon and be like, I feel the same way, or this is great, or hey, don't worry about what everybody else says. You do you. Do you. Like, there are moments where we have to protect ourselves from negative voices. Just because people chime in because I'm doing something wrong doesn't make it right. Just because people put something positive on something that I should not be doing doesn't 
make it something that I should partake in? Does it make it funny? And so as we start looking at it, I have to protect myself from it because the Bible talks about this, that I have to protect my heart for out of it are the issues of life. All the wellsprings of life come from my heart, so I have to guard it. And if we go to Psalm chapter 1, God talks about, Blessed is that man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night, because that man is going to be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth his fruit in his season, his leaves not going to wither, and whatsoever he does will prosper. But the ungodly is not so. He's like the chaff. The wind driveth away. So when we start thinking about this, I have to protect myself from it. So it doesn't matter if it comes on Fox News. It doesn't matter if it comes on CNN. It doesn't matter. I got to protect my heart from things that would not be appropriate. So I know that it's, once again, it's a basic thing. But sometimes we just have to say the basic things. That I have to protect my heart with all diligence. We keep going. Secondly, protect yourself from dangerous voices. Number two, prevent the unnecessary voices. Prevent the unnecessary voices. Second Peter 3.11, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Prevent the unnecessary voices. Second Peter 3 is talking about that one day, God's going to come back. And one day when he comes back, encouraging thing, he's going to destroy the world. It's all going to burn up. All the things that I'm so excited about are not going to be around. And he says, knowing that this is going to be the truth, how should you behave since you know that it's not going to be around? So, hey, I paid good money for my phone, so I'm not saying I'm just going to chunk it or ride it down another water slide. But I'm just saying, like, knowing this, that one day it won't be here because it's not going to matter. How should that affect my behavior? Knowing that the latest movie that I have to make sure I see doesn't really matter for eternity. What? How should my behavior be? Now, I'm not saying that we don't enjoy it. Video games. Knowing that all these things are going to be burned up, what good is it for me to play three days straight of any game? It doesn't. And so once we start looking at it from God's perspective, that one day this world's not going to be, it all of a sudden starts that all the notifications that pop up on my phone or on my device, it's like, bzz, 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 bzz. Turn them off because some of them don't matter. And they're keeping me from things that do matter. And once again, I'm really slow. So it took me a long time to find this, figure this out. It's like, wait a second, I can go into settings and turn that notification off. So I don't have to have be reminded that you haven't played such and such game in three weeks. Come back now. Get extra lives if you do this. It's like, I don't have to have that. It really doesn't matter. In my workday when I'm trying to study on a Wednesday, I don't need my phone to tell me 20 times that anybody in the world posted on Facebook, like, it's okay, I don't need it. I have to start cutting out unnecessary voices. Can I say this? And this may be get me fired as a pastor. So I'm, once again, going to say it anyway. Uh, I've learned that people who call me, like, and they ring my phone like 50 million times in a row, if you had given them five minutes, the problem would be resolved. <laughs> like, Hello? Oh, yeah, I just need to know. Okay. Okay, yep, yep, this is what it is. Yep, okay, bye. <laughs> that person I just stopped and looked, they would have had it. Sometimes there are moments in our family, and I'm going to say, so I'm confessing it right in front of all of you guys, that if we're doing something to the family, and you call us, 
there's a chance that I won't get the phone. <laughs> It'll go to voicemail. And I'll check the voicemail later on and I'll find out that you already solved the problem. <laughs> but, it, but I honestly have to know that Sean turns 10 tomorrow. I don't get... Oh, Tuesday. Sorry, she's correcting me. Tuesday. We celebrate tomorrow, but she turns 10 on Tuesday. There's not going to be long before Sean's gone. And if I miss out on Sean's gone because, like, not to be rude, but because you didn't know how to check email on your phone, and I took 20 minutes to explain it to you, I can't miss that. And so as we start looking at it, I have to start cutting off unnecessary voices. Now, once again, I'm not saying that you just like, oh, man, people from church. Decline. I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> but I'm saying that I'm trying to learn as I get older that there are some priorities that I have to have and that if me and my wife are having a conversation, my wife does not deserve for anybody in here, unless somebody's dying or, I mean, house is literally on fire and I'm the one who can come and help you out. My wife doesn't deserve for me to pick my phone up in front of her while she's talking to me. And I'm still learning this. So I have to cut off the unnecessary voices. Hey, I have to cut off the unnecessary voices with God himself. Like, I have to learn to be able to sit in my office and study God's word for our teenagers and be able to, I'm still learning it, not care what's happening on Twitter. Not care that I got an Instagram notification. Because ultimately, God is more important And this is what he's telling the children of Israel. I wanted to give you so much more. But you didn't listen. You would not listen to me. It's like, can I go one step farther? I understand that we use devices. I use my device in church. And one of the things that we need to talk about or we're supposed to talk about was the the difference between a a digital Bible and a paperback Bible or a leather-bound Bible. And what the difference is. I do use my devices in church, and I'm not really ashamed of it at all, but I will say that if I can't sit through a service without flipping my device over to check something to do something, now, I don't want to go outside of the bounds of the word of God here, and I don't want to, like, start some pharisaical thing, but I'm just saying if I can't be disciplined enough to shut out the world so I can hear the word of God, I'm just saying there may be a problem, because ultimately, God's word, in any form, God's word is important and I need to hear it. And so I have to cut off unnecessary voices. Unless somebody in our family is going wrong, or maybe there is. Maybe you have an extenuating circumstance that happens that you need to during church. Praise the Lord. You do what you need to do. But can I ask you, prioritize the word of God. Make sure I don't want anything to distract me. Can I tell you, we don't have that many times as a family, as a community, as a body, as an assembly that we meet together. And God has called them important. Not Pastor Ferguson. Now, he will say it, but God has called those important. God has said you need to come and meet with the body and hear his word. And so I have to eliminate, eliminate the voices that are necessary. Shut it off. And we go on, and we do this. We pursue voices of truth. Pursue voices of truth. Pursue voices of truth. Thy testimonials are all my delight and my counselors. Psalm 11972, the law of my mouth is better than me than a thousand gold and silver. I guess Job puts it this way. I esteem God's word more than my necessary food. When 
when Job's going through his difficult time, he says, hey, I made God's word more important than even the food I put into my mouth. I pursue voice of the truth. Here's the wonderful thing that comes with living in the age that we did. I was telling our teenagers, when I was a teenager, I was a member of the Sword of the Lord Tape Club. And as a member of the Sword of the Lord Tape Club, I paid money so that they would send me a tape every, I think, a month or every other month because I couldn't afford the two a week because I was broke. And so I wanted the one. And so they'd send me my one tape in the mail. I'd go get my one tape, tear it out of that little manila thing, go stick it in and play it like 1,000 times so I could pretty much quote the message by myself. And so some of the, I think I still remember Pastor Roulette over at First Baptist of Bridgeport, he had a message um, called I Have No Man. And I can pretty much quote the whole message word for word. I can preach it just like Pastor Roulette did on that tape because this is all I had. Like, I had one CD, and that was the Zimmers. Not the Paul and, um, uh, not um, the ones who were just here, but yes, their brother, I think it's Paul. He, they had a Zimmer CD, and he gave it to me because I couldn't afford to buy one. And actually, I think I preached here one time before I was youth pastor, and the Zimmers were here, and they gave me another one because they said, they're like, oh, because I think I was preaching here um, during, when Pastor Saunders was here, and they heard me tell the story, and so they were like, here. And so they gave me like two or three CDs for them. But I had one CD, and I didn't even, honestly... I shouldn't, should I say this out loud? I didn't care for the style that it was sung in, but it was the only CD that I had. And so I just remember wearing that bad boy out because this is the only thing. Ran to it, walked to it, everything. Like, this is what I have. Played basketball to that CD. And now, man, there's not a person in this room almost that cannot listen to some of the greatest spiritual minds of our day anywhere. I can't read very well. There's not one of us who can't download an app and have the Bible read to us by professionals. We're not just talking about somebody sitting on a stool on a log with a microphone. Like we're talking like voice actors reading the Bible. Like pursue voices of truth. If we live here in this age, and I still say, what a wonderful time to be alive. Man, let's pursue truth. I miss Bible conference because I couldn't meet. It's online. You can just like click and it starts playing. Man, praise the Lord. Pursue truth. There's not a reason why any of us could sit here and say, well, there's some things in the Bible I don't understand. Man, talk to Pastor Ferguson. Talk to me. I got like 40 million audiobooks on my phone right now. I'll point you to all of them and say, hey, you got this. Let's read that. Man, pursue the truth. Because we live in a wonderful time where I can hear the word of God. And I'm not talking about compromisers. I'm not talking about liberals. I'm not talking about crazy folks. I'm talking about good people preaching the truth of the word of God. I have it at my disposal. I can open up an app that will tell me every time Pastor Ferguson is like, the Greek word is, click. He's right. That is. Well, you look at that. Because we live in a wonderful time. So use it and pursue truth. So as we look at this, there's a lot of distractions. And I don't want us to miss this. God tells Israel, I had so much I wanted to do for you, but you would not hearken. You would not listen eagerly to me like you did to everything around you. Oh, man, I would have loved to. And he listened. What would be when we get to heaven to hear God say, I had so much for you. But you were looking down instead of looking up. I had so much for you. 
but I was trying to say your voice, but the TV was on. I had so much for you, but we were distracted. It's that important. It's not like, once again, God came at Israel with a big hammer and it's like, I told you not to listen to that stuff. He's just saying, I am telling you, you were satisfied with so little when I had so much more for you. Before we pray really quickly, I told Mrs. Fry, I would address this real quickly, so I'm going to do it really fast. Um, the discussion was um, the difference between a digital Bible and a paperback Bible. Would there be a reason why the, uh, would one day the paper Bible, because like we've grown up, and if you were grown up like I grew up, you were taught that this book doesn't go on the floor. We were taught that it doesn't go on the floor. We put something on it before we put it on the floor. We have respect and reverence for the word of God. So would that change that reverence and respect when we move to a digital Bible? And she had other things, and so we can have this conversation after. If you want to have this conversation, I'd be glad to have a conversation. I love the conversation. But what I would believe is that I use a digital Bible predominantly. I'm not going to lie about that. Like, today when I came up to preach my message this morning, I had not opened it up in a physical Bible at all until I walked up to the platform. I, when I was walking to the platform, I had a bookmark in Psalm 100, and I walked into Psalm 100. I had not used a, a physical Bible the whole time. But I believe there could be pros and cons to that. For me, a digital Bible would uh, have so much more. I can be able to click up and pull up a map. I can be able to pull up something, a note, a word. Like, it has so many, so many more things than my print Bible can do. So I prefer it. Am I saying that's the right answer? No, I'm not. I'm saying if you like a paper Bible, hallelujah. In my office, I think I have like 10 of them. And I was joking with the teens. I just found a water buffalo skin Bible, and I want it. So it's like, I just want, I don't even know why, why I need a water buffalo skin Bible. But I'm like, why was I missing out on a water buffalo skin Bible? Man, I need one of those in my office. So I probably will have it one day. You ask me if I get my water buffalo Bible. But I'm all about the paper Bibles, but I'm also all about the digital Bibles. But here's what I believe would be the most important thing for making the Bible the most important and having reverence for it. Deuteronomy 6 tells us that, in the children of Israel's thing, Jesus said, I mean, God's word says that the way we teach our families to be able to have respect for the word of God is not necessarily, not saying it's wrong, but not necessarily teaching them how to use a physical book. He says, you talk about it when you rise up. You talk about it when you lay down. You talk about it when you sit at the table. You talk about it, you write it upon the, your foreheads. You write it places so they can remember it. And God says, when you do that, you write it on their hearts, it becomes important. So if there's a, I guess, I don't really feel it's a debate necessarily because I feel like if you want to use a paper Bible, use a paper Bible. If you want to use a digital Bible, if you use your phone, I will say there's probably maybe some distractions that come with a digital device. But if you've ever been studying your Bible without a digital device around, there are still distractions. Kids, birds flying out of nowhere, like whatever happens in your house while you're trying to do devotion, there are, the devil's trying to get you distracted, okay? So it is distracted no matter how you read your Bible. But I would say that ultimately, I believe there's a whole lot of things that come with a digital Bible. And I probably will help my kids navigate a digital Bible world because I think that they would learn a lot from it. But does that mean the people who use a digital Bible or that I don't know, and I can be wrong, we can listen to this recording 20 years from now, and all of a sudden like, you're like, wow, he was so naive and such an idiot. But I honestly believe that God's word, whether it's presented on a screen, whether it's presented in a leather-bound book, 
whether it's paperback like we give in junior church, whether it was on a scroll like they had in the Bible times, is the word of God. And it's going to accomplish what God wants to accomplish. And I know some people would disagree with me there. So if we want to have the conversation, I'm glad too. I'm, I'm good. I, lo- I do honestly love the conversation. Anytime I read anything about this, I always read because I want to know, like, what are, I want to have arguments why you should still use the paper Bible. But I just felt like we needed to uh, touch it because um, I was asked about it. But as we look at this, there's a lot of things that come with the, with the digital world. Distractions are one of them. And I guess I close with this. Don't miss out on what God has for you because you're distracted. Don't miss out what God has for your family because you're distracted. God has so much, so much he wants to do for you. He said, just hearken to me. The same way that ping makes your ears perk up, let my word make your ears perk up. Run to it to hear the counsel that you need. And God says, when you do that, I've got so much more for you. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much for your word and what it does in our lives. And God, as we navigate all these things, God, these are, I guess, waters that we haven't had to tread heretofore. But God, we thank you that, again that we have truth that endures every generation. And so, Lord, as we study it and as we consult your Holy Spirit, Lord, you're going to help us navigate. And so, God, we're asking for that. But, Lord, this, even this week, as we leave this building, Lord, there's going to be a million distractions, whether we have a cell phone or we don't. We walk out of this building to keep us from, Lord, walking and spending time with you. But God, I pray that you'd help us to see that you have so much more for us. Lord, help me to see that you have so much more for me than what it is to be distracted by all the things that come around us in our world. We need your help. We ask for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You are dismissed. And I'm late, so I'm sorry. I apologize.